Rodriguez. WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Today is Friday, the 21st of April. Welcome into the Action Line. I'm Scott Walker, the host this morning. And today we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric's annual Earth Day is coming up tomorrow. We're going to ring around the whole square, hopefully, if the weather cooperates. Really excited. Some great performers, live entertainment that we'll have out there. We have a bluegrass band and then another kind of jazz band. And, of course, Jill DeBurrow, always a favorite. And everyone drums some with his big drum circle that comes every year. Lots of fun. Um, the grilled cheese, uh, our grill, the electric griddle, our gourmet grilled cheese trailer will be there. And then we'll, all, we'll still have the hot dogs and popcorn that we have every year. Amy Byers with Middle Tennessee Electric. Stewart's Creek High School, their FFA program, they're going to have their plant sale out there. So I know a lot of people look forward to coming out there and getting the plant. It's going to be good fun. We have the kids zone. We have a face painter. Just make sure that you're planning to be on the square Saturday from 10 until 2 for the 22nd annual Earth Day celebration. Earth Day downtown square this Saturday starting at 10 o'clock, right? 10 o'clock. Till 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of fun, fun for the whole family. And when you get done, head on over to Cannonsburg Pioneer Days. Amy Byers with Middle Tennessee Electric said, if it does rain, they will move the entire event to Sportscom. We do not cancel the event in the event of rain. What we do is we move it indoors. This year we're moving to Sportscom. If it does rain, everybody will still come. We will still have all the free food and the entertainment and all the booths out of the weather. Now, thankfully, that chance of rain has lessened even more. In fact, it almost looks like it probably will not rain. That's good news. As of right now, it's going to be sunny with a high near 68 on Saturday, which would actually feel perfect for an outdoor event like Earth Day. The bigger chance of rain comes tonight. And of course, there is a 30% chance of rain today as well. But tonight, it looks like almost a 90% chance of showers. That's tonight. But again, Saturday at this point looks like it should be sunny out there with a high near 68 and even clear skies into Saturday night. So hopefully it won't have to be moved indoors and you can plan to be at Earth Day on the downtown Murfreesboro Square between 10 and 2 for the 22nd annual Earth Day. And then this year, we're doing something brand new. We're having a scavenger hunt. And if you complete the scavenger hunt, turn that in, we will have a drawing and we've got some great prizes for the scavenger hunt. For auto enthusiasts out there who are thinking about the idea of getting an electric vehicle, then you'll want to be at Earth Day this year because the Electric Vehicle Car Club, known as the EV Car Club, will be on site. Absolutely, we'll have some out there. We're actually going to have a Ford Lightning. People want to see that. And then we also are debuting our new Energy Hub trailer. I'm excited to go through that and see what all it does. I haven't even seen it. You know, lots of things going on that day. Again, Amy Byers with Middle Tennessee Electric. Amy, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you. 
This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet, burning pain, balance problems, and a decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. Magnolia Medical Center in Murfreesboro, online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. We're in the Ascend Building near the fountains in Murfreesboro. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, our guests today are from the very first graduating class of Oakland and Riverdale High Schools. That first graduating class, 1973. Those students, most of them transfers from Central High School, started their senior year after completing their freshman through junior year at Central in 1972 and then graduated 1973. So we'll have those guests on the air reminiscing a little bit about those years, first years at Oakland and Riverdale High Schools, two brand new schools in Rutherford County at the time, and how they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. So Riverdale and Oakland both open actually 51 years ago, I guess, because they opened for that 1972 to 1973 when they graduated time period, which means this is the first graduating class celebrating their 50th anniversary. That comes your way in just a minute. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. We have a larger selection than any of the other big box stores. Much better prices, uh, selection is wonderful from keyboards, drums, guitars, ukuleles are big this year. We also have lighting. This is Dan Mitchell from Music World and Drummer's Den. Come down and look around. We have what you need. The Music World and Drummer's Den is located at 2762 South Church Street, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Capstar Bank is for you. As for the forecast today, mostly cloudy, then a chance of rain later on today, 30% chance. High today will reach 77. Tonight, as I said earlier, showers and thunderstorms, mainly before 3 a.m. with a low down to 47 degrees. Saturday, weather has changed. Looks like it's going to be sunny with a high near 68. That's Saturday, then Saturday night, mostly clear, low all the way down to 38 degrees Saturday night. For Sunday, sunny, high at 61. Sunday night, areas of frost after 4 a.m. Otherwise, partly cloudy Sunday night, low down to 35. For Monday, sunny, high at 65. You're tuned to WGNS's Action Line. More coming up. And we'll talk to that very first graduating class of Oakland and Riverdale High School that graduated in 1973. And we'll also take another look at local news in just a few minutes. And one of the big news stories we are continuing to follow, the Murfreesboro City Council passed that impact fee for new construction right here in Murfreesboro. We'll tell you more about that shortly. And another news story that's actually making headlines across the country, the ACLU, among other groups, is filing a lawsuit against the state of Tennessee. Why? Because of a bill that just recently passed and will go into effect as law on July 1st. The bill that was co-sponsored by several local state representatives and state senators literally bans sex change operations for minors in Tennessee. Evidently, some sex change operations have already taken place for minors who went from their biological sex that they were born as to a different sex. Those operations took place in Nashville. So we'll update you on that story as well. 
This is the Action Line on this Friday morning. More news and information to come. And again, a conversation with that very first graduating class of Oakland and Riverdale High School that opened to students for the very first time in 1972. And then those students graduated first class 1973. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Good morning. There's still quite a bit of traffic volume coming in from Wilson County right now on 40 westbound through the Mount Julian area headed over towards Hermitage. Still heavy, but hey, it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area out of Murfreesboro towards Nashville. Now there's some volume of traffic up through there westbound on 24 at Bell Road, Hickory Hollow Parkway. Watch for radar I-40 out through parts of Dixon County this morning. Hey, Nash Painting, they service all of Middle Tennessee. As a matter of fact, they're number one in residential and commercial. That speaks volumes of who they are. Check them out at NashPainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Hey, don't forget Earth Day, the big celebration, 22nd annual celebration tomorrow. Murfreesboro Square, 10 a.m. until 2 we do have more of the action line coming your way in just a minute, but wanted to first update you once more. One of the big stories that we are following, and we'll give you more details later this morning, the Murfreesboro City Council. It all happened just like that. We'll now vote on Ordinance 23013, Development Impact Fees as Amended. The final vote by the Murfreesboro City Council approved Development Impact Fees. So moved. Second. Motion is second. Please call the roll. Ms. Averwater? Aye. Ms. Gels-Harris? Aye. All Mr. council Maxwell? members Aye. present on Thursday night voted to approve those impact fees. Aye. On future homes, apartments, and commercial buildings built in the city limits of the borough, council members will decide on the actual amount that will be charged for those impact fees at an upcoming workshop that the city council members who are part of it will attend. So we'll keep you up to date on the Murfreesboro impact fees that will be charged on future construction. And in other news stories, children in communities both large and small are being targeted by adults with bad intentions. Parents often fail to realize that their kids are talking to adults on social media apps. Sergeant Gary Heron with the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office told WGNS. We put our kids in a car. We start off with car seats. Then they grow up. They put seat belts on them to keep them safe. But we think because we give them a phone that they're going to figure this out by themselves and be safe with it. But there are people out there that are preying on our kids, trying to victimize them. Adults often posing as teenagers online are chatting with kids through apps, online video games, and much more. Those adults then convince the child to send them photos or even worse, meet them in person, and then they find the children sometimes in another state. Your child could potentially be a victim of a crime. Rutherford County Detective Austin Mobs told WGNS News. We're continuing to see child pornography becoming an issue, whether they're sharing it with peers, whether they're adults viewing it, just all this stuff that is all based around social media. Our children are being talked to by adults on social media. It's happening. Now, there is a new program that's been set up by the sheriff's office 
to work with parents and to teach them the concerns they should have about their children being on their smartphones. If you'd like to get more information on that or book them to speak at your church or maybe civic group, you can do so by emailing them. And you can find that information on our website, WGNSRadio.com. Fifty years ago, Oakland and Riverdale High School opened their doors to new students. During that era, students who would have been listening to WGNS heard disc jockeys like Wolfman Jack. For complete weather information and late scores, contact the Murfreesboro News number 893-NEWS, a service of the Citizen Central Bank. She was 1973 OHS class president Miles Lane recalls his first day as a student at the newly built school. We had brand new carpet and we had modular classrooms and huge cafeteria and everybody was excited to go to the new schools. And at the same time, we had been with each other for three years at Central as a whole class and then were split up. Half went to Riverdale and half went to Oakland. The News Authority, WGNS, Murfreesboro. We're talking with Miles Lane, class president for the senior class, class of 1973. That's the graduation year at Oakland High School. At Oakland High School, uh, first graduating class in 1973. And this was an interesting year for Rutherford County and the schools in our community because that class uh, of 1973, would that, well, would that would have been the first graduating class? That was the first graduating class of Oakland and Riverdale High School. And at the time, Oakland and Riverdale were brand new to the community. Brand new and exciting. And as my compadres here say, we had brand new carpet and we had modular classrooms and huge cafeteria and everybody was excited to go to the new schools. And at the same time, we had been with each other for three years at Central as a whole class and then uh, were split up. Half went to Riverdale and half went to Oakland. Several of the county high schools that still had programs were consolidated and sent to each one of those high schools. And we're excited to get back together and celebrate 50 years of Oakland and Riverdale. With us this morning, we do have Miles Lane, class president of Oakland High School, class of 1973, the senior class. We also have Chuck Lewis with us today talking about class of 1973. That's the graduation year, and you started at Oakland High School in 72. Yes, sir, I did when it opened. One interesting aspect we had with the closure of Central High School was that we ended up with some faculty at each school, and then we also got a lot of new faculty in, maybe from some of the outer-lying high schools that came over and taught. So we had new instruction. Uh, We had new types of classrooms that were somewhat open air. We went from having six periods a day at Central to four periods. It was a rotation process, and that, that was tricky for a couple of weeks for us to get used to that. We're now talking with Gwen Green, and uh, Gwen, you two, class of 1973, so you started your senior year at Oakland. Where did you start your freshman year, then go into sophomore, junior year? Well, I was definitely at Central with all of us. And one of the odd things for me, I lived right across from Central. So I was able to walk to school every day. So I was the only 
child in my family that actually got to drive to high school because we had to go all the way out to Oakland. When you were going to Central, at what point did you hear about the new schools opening? And at what point did you know you're going to go to Oakland? We knew our sophomore year they were being built. And then our junior year, we were zoned. So we knew our junior year we had to pick out class rings and things like that in our junior year because we were already zoned and anticipating which school we were going to. The big class reunion of 1973 for Riverdale and Oakland High Schools, right around the corner, June 2nd and June 3rd. Chuck, how soon do people need to send word to you so that you'll have their proper information to to give many details about the upcoming event? We'd like to get it as soon as possible because there are favors and things that we would like to be able to acquire for the event that you've got to have 30 days lead time. So we've set up a deadline of May 15th to register and pay. And so that's the ultimate deadline. But we'd like to reiterate here to the family and friends of uh, 73 grad that might not know about this to please inform them of our website at Oakland Riverdale class 1973.com and that'll give them all the information they need and the ability to register for the event. And again the website Oakland Riverdale class 1973.com remember it's not class of 1973 it's just class 1973 That's where you can get more details. That's where you can enter in your own information so that you'll be on the mailing list or email list or phone number list so they can get more information from you whenever you send it out. Going back to that opening of Oakland and Riverdale High Schools, it was a unique class because you had students who were previously, maybe they started their freshman year at Rockville, maybe they started their freshman year at Central. They all were moved around and then you started Miles at Oakland in 72. In 72, that's when, when they opened. It was a big chance to make new friends and try something different. I think everybody uh, was excited and a little bit scared at the same time, but uh, everybody kind of looked at it as a great opportunity. We went right on through and fell into the system as best we could. Now, when you were elected to be the senior class president back in 72 going into 73, what kind of task did you think you had ahead of you? We organized homecoming. That was something I remember we had a big time with. Sporting events, extracurricular activities, always fundraising, those types of things. And uh, my good friend Ben Jamison was the president of the first class at Riverdale. He couldn't be here today. He's out of town. And we would call each other and go, what are we doing here? It was, uh, again, a, a challenging but exciting time. Back then, when Oakland and Riverdale first opened up, I know zoning was one of those hot topics that came up from the very start. How far away did you actually live from Oakland High School when you were zoned to go there? I don't know. Chuck and Gwen might be able to help me. kind of went East Main Street, best I remember. And then to balance things out, they would take little chunks of some neighborhoods out and go across town. I know over toward Riverview and uh, Northfield over in that area, some of them ended up going to Riverdale, even though they were closer to Oakland. It all kind of panned out over the first two or three years. And some of that zoning remained the same as far as that Riverview area. They were going to Riverdale even years later into the 90s, I believe. Absolutely. Yeah. 
What was your first impression of that new school, and were you excited to be at a new school? It was very exciting. It was very uh, complicated because Central, of course, was one massive building with two long halls. We had two stories, and then we had that vocational building. But at Oakland, we were divided into pods. There was a science pod, there was an English pod, a language pod, and no classroom walls. We had these portable dividers. And that was kind of odd, because you could see people in an adjoining class, but for the convenience of a mass lecture, they could move them and everyone in the department could be in one class. I know Miles also talked about that openness of the classrooms, but they're not really like that today. They're not set up like that. So what was that like? Was it almost like a a college class atmosphere? It really was, and there were zero windows. We had a pane of glass, and every classroom did have an outside door, but we had no windows, so all you could look at really was the teacher and the students in the class beside you. This morning we're talking about the brand new schools of Riverdale and Oakland High Schools that opened in 1972. And when those two new schools opened, The students who attended Central High School, who were all Murfreesboro area students, were rezoned to attend those two new schools. Gwen said that during that rezoning process, some friends who lived across the street from one another ended up going to two different schools. In fact, one example would be a friend of mine, Camden Weatherford. We lived right beside each other. She was on one side of Main Street and I was on the other. And we had gone to school since first grade. And then she had to go to Riverdale and I had to go to Oakland. When it came to driving to school or taking the bus, what was more fashionable back then? And do you recall there weren't as many bus routes? I am not sure about the bus routes. I was just excited I got to drive. With us today, Chuck Lewis, Miles Lane, and Gwen Green, all class of 1973 at Oakland High School. Chuck, you started at Central and did your sophomore, junior year at Central. In 72, that's when you made the move your senior year to Oakland High School. Yeah, I went from a little 200 private elementary school to a high school with 2,300 students. So it was a whole different world. Very exciting for me. Central was a massively large high school for that era, for sure. Yes, and it it gave people like me that didn't really have sports programs in our school the opportunity if you were of the caliber and size. I was too much of a shrimp to even think about football, but I did play golf under Coach Ray Hughes, who was also the first head football coach at Oakland High School. Again, we've been talking about the Oakland and Riverdale High School class of 1973 50th High School Reunion. Chuck, how soon do people need to RSVP to attend this reunion? We'd like to get it as soon as possible because there are favors and things that we would like to be able to acquire for the event that you've got to have 30 days lead time. So uh, we've set up a deadline of May 15th to register and pay, and so that's the ultimate deadline. But we'd like to reiterate here to the family and friends of a 73 grad that might not know about this to please inform them of our website at oaklandriverdaleclass1973.com, and that'll give them all the information they need and the ability to register for the event. And again, the website, oaklandriverdaleclass1973.com. Remember, it's not class of 1973. It's just class1973.com. That's where you can get more details. That's where you can enter in your own information so that you'll be on the mailing list or email list or phone number list 
so they can get more information from you whenever you send it out. Exactly. And we're hoping by taking this opportunity through WGNS that we are able to reach maybe some of the parents and relatives and friends of classmates and they can share this information with them. And so by going to that website that y'all set up, that's where they can enter their information, but they can also read about all the events and the times, locations, and everything they need to know. And then we will hopefully have a, a brand new database with current addresses for future reunions. The big class reunion is coming up 50 years, and where is the class reunion going to be held? It's going to be held at the Manny House at Oakland's Mansion on June 3rd, which is a Saturday. We have a Friday night activity planned on the square for the Music on the Square gathering on the corner. And then the Manny House at Oakland's Mansion on June 3rd. In the years past, we've had difficulty reaching a lot of our 600-plus classmates. We have tried mail-outs, we have tried Facebook and social media, and we've done just about everything we can think of. So this year, we were trying to reach more, and assuming everyone has access to the Internet, we set up a website, and it is oaklandriverdaleclass1973.com, and we would like to urge everyone to go onto this site, register to give us a current address, because many of these addresses that we have from 50 years ago are not the same. Again this morning, our guests are talking about the grand opening of Oakland and Riverdale High School. Now that would have been 1972 when Oakland and Riverdale first opened. You may recall a will tax was put into place to help pay for those two new schools. Of course, that will tax still in place and it now goes to pay for new schools today. We'll wrap up this conversation in just a minute. We're going to take a break dive into the news and again one of those news stories we are going to look at that we are focusing on today the new impact fee that passed in the murfreesboro city council just last night and then a story that is making headlines across the country even and that story involves a bill that was co-sponsored by several local state representatives and senators who said they were focused on the well-being of children the bill deals with allowing or not allowing minors to make the decision or for their parents to make the decision for them to have a sex change operation. The new bill that becomes law in July completely outlaws that from happening. Some lawmakers viewed that if Tennessee were to continue to allow children to make that decision to have a sex change, a form of child abuse even, because that's a decision they can't go back and undo. We'll tell you more about that and how some organizations have filed a lawsuit against Tennessee to stop that new law from going into effect in July. All of that comes your way in just a minute on the WGNS Action Line. And then after the news, we'll continue to talk about Oakland and Riverdale High School and how the very first graduates of those two schools are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. With WGNS, I'm Scott Walker. Cardinal Realty Solutions offers the knowledge and guidance that only a true realtor can bring. We even had multiple offers. Whether a new buyer or new seller, they take the time to go over the full process to prepare you for what to expect. And it got sold. Cardinal Realty Solutions, locally owned and operated by Melinda Lawson. Cardinal turned a dream into a reality. Call Cardinal at 615-422-7035. 
online at cardinalrealtysolutions.com. Finding great people to hire is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's pretty difficult, right? Well, ZipRecruiter has mastered finding a needle in a haystack, so they take it to the next level. They make hiring so simple that it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. And that's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Here's what it's like to use ZipRecruiter. They have so many qualified candidates that it's easier to find the right ones for your roles. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's a lot of needles. So how do they do it? ZipRecruiter's powerful technology sends you candidates who are a great match for your job, and you can even invite your top choices to apply. So if you want less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-R-E-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You're tuned into the action line on this Friday morning, and now it's time to take a look at today's news. And just like that. We'll now vote on Ordinance 23013, Development Impact Fees, as amended. The final vote by the Murfreesboro City Council approved the Development Impact Fee. So moved. Second. Motion is second. Please call the roll. Ms. Averwater? Aye. Ms. Gels-Harris? Aye. Mr. Maxwell? Aye. Mr. Wade? Aye. Mr. Wright? Aye. Mayor McFarland? Aye. All council members present on Thursday night voted to approve the impact fees on future homes, apartments, and commercial buildings that would be built in the city limits of Murfreesboro. Council members will decide on the actual amount that will be charged for the impact fee at a future workshop session. In fact, it may take several sessions for them to come up with a decision on the actual fee. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland previously told WGNS that these impact fees will be charged to the builder or developer. Initiating impact fees inside the city of Murfreesboro on new construction, residential, and commercial industrial. That developer will then likely pass that charge on to future businesses, residents, or the buyer of the property. McFarland said that the city will charge the impact fee on a per-unit basis be able to charge per unit so growth is helping pay for itself. Development impact fees are a method of supplementing a municipal budget to offset the cost associated with new development. In other words, they are going to help pay for growth. Again, an exact amount to be charged on developments has not yet been set at this point. The future fees charged and collected will have to be determined by the council members at future workshop sessions. Mayor McFarland said he will not take part in deciding on those costs. Council members will be tasked with setting the fee schedule that calculates the use of area roadways, parks, public safety, and schools within the development district. Fees collected will stay within that district of where that development takes place. You can read more details about that story at WGNSRadio.com. And in other news, a story that is making headlines across the country. A new bill that was passed last month has groups like the ACLU and Lambda Legal upset to the point of filing suit against the state of Tennessee. The organizations, along with Aiken Group, Strauss, Hauer, and Field LLP, suggested that House and Senate Bill 1 places a discriminatory ban on what the groups 
are both calling medically necessary gender-affirming care for Tennessee's transgender youth. State Representative Tim Rudd of Murfreesboro helped carry the new bill, which prohibits health care providers from performing sex change operations on minors. Bill 1 is uh, to deal with uh, no surgery when we found out Vanderbilt was uh, doing treatment for minors. It would outlaw in Tennessee any uh, surgery to change a child's sex until they're 18 and they can decide on their own what they want to do you cut body parts off a child it's irreversible and it's really uh, in my personal opinion it's child abuse that brand new bill will go into effect as law on july 1st of this year according to an aclu press release that was sent to wgns last night the legal advocates are suing tennessee on behalf of samantha and brian williams of nashville and their 15 year old transgender daughter two other plaintiff families filing anonymously and Memphis-based medical doctor, Dr. Susan Lacey, is also another person they're filing on behalf of. In the state house, the bill was also co-sponsored locally by Representative Charlie Baum of Murfreesboro and Representative Mike Sparks of Smyrna. The Senate version of the bill was co-sponsored locally by Senators Don White and Shane Reeves, both of Murfreesboro. You can read even more details about this story and the lawsuit on our website, WGNSRadio.com. And another story in the news today. The final chapter of the Tennessee Philharmonic Orchestra's season has ended. It ended Thursday night at the Bel Air Baptist Church on North Rutherford Boulevard. The orchestra's CEO, Jay McNulty, started that evening off last night with exciting news that will financially grow the next year of music by the local symphony. She said, We are starting a new fundraiser called TPO On The Go, and we have been challenged to raise $20,000 in 30 days. We have a pledge of 20 that will be matched. And so one of the ways to do that is by sponsoring a musician. When you do that, you also get free tickets for next season. The sponsor ranges are $500, dollars $1, and $2,500. And season tickets are on sale for a very short period of time for $100 for next season, just for a few days. For more information, phone the symphony at 615-898-1862 or head to our website where you can get the details on that story too at WGNSRadio.com. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. With cold and flu season here, nothing helps my family more than having the Demas's baked chicken and rice soup. It was a soup that was created by my grandmother, and we not only sell it by the cup, but we also sell it by the quart, by the half gallon, and by the gallon. So stop by any time today and bring soup to your family that may be sick or a friend that's in sick, or just to enjoy it just because it tastes so good. Demas's Restaurant. We're talking with Carol Johnston. My son lives here. And when I'd come to visit, I'd drive down Memorial and see Adams Place, and I thought it was such a beautiful setting. I was just very impressed with the friendliness of the staff. They put the residents first here, and I like that very much. I'm Terry Deal. Call me for more information about Adams Place, located at 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. And another look at that forecast. Today there's a slight chance of showers, but that chance increases after 4 p.m. today. Mostly cloudy, a high near 77. That's for today. Then for tonight, showers and thunderstorms mainly before 3 a.m., low tonight down to 47 degrees. 
Chance of precipitation this evening looks to be at about 90%. Saturday, which is the day of the Earth Day celebration on the downtown square between 10 a.m. and 2, it's going to be sunny out there, high near 68 degrees. Then Saturday night, mostly clear skies, low down to 38. Sunday sunny, high near 61. You're listening to WGNS on this Friday morning. We'll continue the conversation with some of the very first graduates from Oakland and Riverdale High School in just a second. Again, Oakland and Riverdale, class of 1973, holding their 50th class reunion in just a few months. More details of that in just a second. For WGNS, I'm Scott Walker. How are you feeling today? More than an empty question, it's a real reminder to reach out to coworkers, friends, family, and neighbors. Remind them to get the care they need. Someone you know may be delaying important emergency care, chronic care, or emotional care. At Ascension St. Thomas, appointments are available now with strict precautions in place for your safety and our care. Ask about virtual visits. ERs at Ascension St. Thomas hospitals are open 24-7. Get the care you need at getsthealthcare.com. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. This morning we're talking about Riverdale and Oakland High Schools that opened in 1972. When those two new schools opened, The students who attended Central High School were rezoned to attend those two new schools. Again with us today, Chuck Lewis, Miles Lane, and Gwen Green, all class of 1973 at Oakland High School. Now, when Oakland High School opened and when Riverdale opened, they were brand new state-of-the-art schools at the time. And looking at them today, those are the only two schools that I know of in Rutherford County that have an Olympic-sized swimming pool. Was that how they opened with a swimming pool? I believe they did have the pools uh, as the original construction, but they cut some budgets elsewhere. I remember, as Miles would attest, we were out there the first football practice or 30 minutes, we'd be out picking up rocks out of the Johnson grass that we were practicing on. We didn't have anywhere near the elaborate facilities that uh, the schools enjoy now. When Oakland and Riverdale first opened in the 70s, did you have parents who were involved to the point of paying for things like uh, buildings on the campus for football? No, I don't believe we had any level of support to that degree. We were just trying to get the schools organized and get uniforms for the band and things like that. The booster clubs would have been just starting out and, and really didn't have a lot of clout. But as you mentioned later on, you know, the first principal of Oakland High School was Mr. Swafford, and his daughter Lisa was married to Terry Haynes, and Terry got very involved with the booster program and helped build that indoor training facility for football practice and other sports, probably soccer and so forth. Oakland and Riverdale both opened as high-tech schools because you guys had things like typewriter class. <laughs> The level of the curriculum and so forth was, you know, and I don't want to say it was lax at that point, but, you know, we were just trying to get through the first year, quite frankly. I I don't think kids today even know what a typewriter is. (laughs) I doubt it. (laughs) Also, the unique thing about those two new schools opening in Rutherford County in the 70s, 
they were built to look more of a, a modern architecture. And when you look at those schools, Oakland and Riverdale, compared to the new schools of today, like Blackman and Siegel and so forth, the architecture is totally different. Totally. Yeah, they were block structures. And Central was so old, my mom was in school there in the early 50s. In fact, one of the buildings burnt down for Central, and then it was relocated onto Main Street, I believe from North Maple Street in the 40s is when it burnt down. You've got a class reunion that is coming up, a very special class reunion, celebrating 50 years. That's right, because it was big news in Rutherford County when we opened the two high schools. They were very modern, totally new. It was very exciting. Of course, we were coming out of the 60s and then early 70s. There was a lot of change going on through the 60s, politically and everything else back then. So. It didn't really phase us from that aspect, but I felt like there was just a lot more opportunity for schools divided like that. We got to meet a lot of our uh, county brethren that were outside the city limits. We were right on Main Street, central location at Central High School. The size of Rutherford County and the city of Murfreesboro back then when Oakland and Riverdale opened, it wasn't anywhere near the size of what we are today but it was big enough to need those extra high schools, so it was during a period of growth. Do you remember certain things that you guys would do after school was over? Well, we'd go to the Frost Top, probably. <laughs> Various, uh, you know, hamburger joints along Broad Street. There was not many. Shoney's was probably the only franchise in McDonald's type restaurant that we would have had back then. When you think back about that class of 1973, which started in 72 at Oakland High School, where did you do stuff like the football games and graduation? All of our football games were held at MTSU, and Oakland and Riverdale both played there, but we were not allowed to play each other for four years. But Riverdale home games were there, Oakland home games were there. Even Oakland's graduation took place at Murphy Center, which was brand new at the time as well. It's interesting that the two rival schools who are the biggest rival today locally they weren't allowed to play each other in football. I am not sure why. I don't know if they would be giving trade secrets to each other because they had played together for three years, but that was a rule that we had to follow. Chuck, on June 2nd and June 3rd, those are the two dates for this big class reunion of 50 years for not only Oakland, but also Riverdale High School. You've got a big event planned, kind of like a meet and greet on June 2nd, which is a Friday, and then what's going to happen on June 3rd? Well, June 3rd will be our main event. Of course, all the information is on our website. So June 2nd, folks are going to meet downtown Murfreesboro yeah. right there on the square, and that'll be the open lot that's kind of to the left of Shacklett's Photography. Yeah, and we, we want to thank the owner of that, Richard Sandoval, who uh, allowed us to use that lot so that we can set up and our people can find us uh, pretty easily because normally there's a pretty big throng of people there. And once more, the class of 73 that would have started Oakland in 72 and would have started Riverdale in 72, then graduated in 73, so, Chuck, you're looking at a total of about 600 students, and that'd be 300 from Riverdale, 300 from Oakland, roughly, who graduated in 73 at these two brand-new schools. That's correct. From looking around, from knowing different people in town, do you have an idea if most of those who graduated from Oakland, as an example, stayed in Murfreesboro and ended up working, you know, a, a lifelong career here? 
I'd say a good majority of the folks would be in this area still, but probably a little less than half have moved off. And again, what is that website? The website is OaklandRiverdaleClass1973.com. The big class reunion of 1973, which would be for Riverdale and Oakland High Schools, it's going to be right around the corner. June 2nd and June 3rd. Chuck, how soon do people need to send word to you so that you'll have their proper information to give many details about the upcoming event? Uh, we've set up a deadline of May 15th to register at Oakland Riverdale Class 1973.com, and that'll give them all the information they need and the ability to register for the event. The website, Oakland Riverdale Class 1973.com. That's where you can get more details. That's where you can enter in your own information so that you'll be on the mailing list. Again, with us today, Chuck Lewis, Miles Lane, and Gwen Green, all class of 1973 at Oakland High School, or Oakland and Riverdale graduates for that very first year that they were open, a class of 1973. WGNS is powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Rutherford County's 22nd annual Earth Day celebration is Saturday, April 22nd, 10 a.m. to 2 on the square. Check out the Kids Zone with hands-on games and activities. Free fun for the whole family, April 22nd on the square. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Seniors Helping Seniors In-Home Care Services. This is Danielle Rutherford. We provide bathing assistance, meal preparation. I love that Seniors Helping Seniors helped me with grocery shopping. SHSMiddleTN.com. 